Check Me Out is a production of Panhandle PBS and Amarillo College's FM90. Partners include the Amarillo Public Library, the Harrington Library Consortium, and Amarillo College, with the support from the Anne Ray Foundation and Barnes & Noble Booksellers. So Stacy hates Agatha Christie. <laughs> Not fair! Not fair! I love Agatha Christie. She's okay. a shallow writer, and, and her mysteries are all predictable. Uh, Formulaic. Oh, that's not fair, Chip. That's not fair. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Welcome to Check Me Out, a podcast for book lovers. This week, we're going to be talking about where's the love? What about the books that didn't make the list? And where are comic books? Why aren't they on the list? So we're going to be talking about that. Let's start over here. We've got three guests today. Tell me your name and tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, hello. I'm Cindy Wienia. I'm the assistant director of the Amarillo Public Library System, and I love graphic novels. So I'm really sad there's not a single one on the list. And I am Stacy Clopton Yates. I'm the public relations coordinator for the Amarillo Public Library, and I'm an avid reader. I was excited to see some of the titles on this list, but disappointed about the absence of some others. I'm Chip Chandler with Panhandle PBS. I've been a reader all my life. Like Cindy, I'm a huge comic book fan as well. So those omissions shocked me. But there were some other books that I just assumed would make the list and, and were surprised to see that they didn't. All right. So let's start out. Cindy, let's talk about the regular novels that you feel like are missing from the list. Give me one example. Oh, gosh. I'm a former children's librarian, so I was really sad to see some of those kids' books that weren't on the list. The obvious choice, A Wrinkle in Time. How on earth is that not on the list? Everyone loves that book. Everyone. I can't imagine anyone not picking that for the list. Yeah, that one was was one of the biggest omissions for me, too. Uh, I can see why some of the others might not have made the list trying to get a, a big, wide range of of characters and experiences and cultures represented but that's got a great strong female protagonist great female supporting characters as well i just it just hit all the buttons it's a a great female author and there are never enough of those on on lists like these and it's also a book that has stood the test of time Mm -hmm. you know i i love the hunger games trilogy i've got nothing but love for the hunger games trilogy but it is a relatively new book we don't know what people are going to be thinking about about it 10 20 years from now a wrinkle in time is over 50 years old it has never been out of print it is hugely popular it has a wonderful message and again with the with the strong female characters that's so important so i was disappointed about that one too and i mean what about you guys it sparked my love of science right What's a tesseract? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I was so excited to learn more about space and time and, and all of those things I might not have heard any other way. And I think comparing it to The Hunger Games, that's another point. Again, I love The Hunger Games, but you don't read The Hunger Games and think, I want to go out and learn more about something. The way that you do with A Wrinkle in Time, the way that you want to study the space-time continuum after you've read A Wrinkle in Time. You might want to study how to survive in a dystopian future, but... <laughs> well, I, I mean, suppose you know. there's... Fair enough. <laughs> so you can go practice your archery yes. and, um, and your knife skills. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stacy, how about you? What do you think uh, should have been on The Great American Read? Well... 
and this is this is a personal thing with me, but whenever these lists get made, there's always representation by Charlotte Bronte. There's always Emily Bronte, and Anne Bronte gets no love. And I find that really frustrating because if you look at those three authors, they're all amazing. They're all sisters, but in their lifetimes, Anne Bronte was the more successful of all of them. She had published two successful novels by the time she died. At the time that her second novel was published, her other sisters had only published one. And her novel, The Tenant of Wildfell Hall, is one of the first real feminist novels out there. And it's beautifully written. It's much more mature than the books written by Charlotte and Emily. So I would be less upset that The Tenant of Wildfell Hall isn't on the list, except that Jane Eyre and Wuthering Heights are. And if they're going to be on the list, then The Tenant of Wildfell Hall should be there, too. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. A colleague of mine and Cindy says Anne Bronte is the Jan Brady of the Bronte family, and it's really true. And, oh, and Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Exactly. Yes. Charlotte, 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 Charlotte. And, you know, I really, if you have not read Agnes Gray or The Tenant of Wildfell Hall, they are amazing books. By the way, Agnes Gray, Anne Bronte's story of a, an English governess, was written before Jane Eyre, and it's much more realistic and, again, has a much more mature heroine. Who would you kick off to get one of those books on the list? Who would I kick off the to get, list? To get one of those books on. Okay. Um, I would easily and without a backward glance kick off Flowers in the Attic. Oh, and, that one? And I read it in high school. I know everybody read it, but really? It, it's somebody's favorite? Yes. Whose favorite book is Flowers in the Attic? Chips. It might possibly it might be, be in be my chips. top ten <laughs> oh on my this gosh, list. Really? On this list. Oh, Chip. I don't even know what to think about that. I was like, you went straight for the jugular on Chip <laughs> yeah, over absolutely. there. <laughs> absolutely. Not well, because I think it's good in any sense of that word, <laughs> but it's just such a fun. Okay, well, if I kick off Fifty reading. Shades of Gray instead of Flowers in the yeah, Attic, you're okay with yeah, that? Absolutely. Thank you. Bring, yes, bring please. <laughs> yes, please. All right, uh, Chip, give us one that you think should have been on the list. I've got two. I was surprised when Mark Twain was on the list that it was for Adventures of Tom Sawyer and not The Adventures of Huckleberry That's a really Finn. That's point. Huck Finn is, is the American classic novel. I, I just, that one makes no sense to me. But for an all-out omission, I, just the fact that there's no William Faulkner on there kind of shocks me. Oh. Um, I yeah, mean, see, okay I wouldn't that. have put The Sound and the Fury, but... <laughs> But I might have put the sound of the fury because I read it and I'm really proud of that. <laughs> I made it all the way through. <laughs> but Absalom, Absalom, or As I Lie Dying, or any of the Snopes books, or even one of his shorter stories, The Horses. I just he's a great American author. I'm glad that there is. It's not just all the old white men on the list, but that's that's one I would have put back on there. <laughs> well, if we're and if we're talking about. A book that is on there by a classic author, but they made the wrong choice. Kurt Vonnegut, The Sirens of Titan. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it's about. I read it, and I do not remember it. But it's about these sirens, and they're, and on, they're Titan. on Titan. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know about it. <laughs> but, you know, Slaughterhouse-Five, mm -hmm. classic novel about World War II. It asks some important questions, and, and it's sci-fi, in addition to being a novel that teaches you about history. And Cat's Cradle, again, 
an important novel that asks some good questions that also has a sci-fi element to it and is spooky. <laughs> I, I would have put Cat's Cradle on or Slaughterhouse-Five, either one on this list, long before I'd have put The Sirens of Titan on. One of mine that I am confused about is why Lord of the Flies did not make the list. I think mainly because everybody had to read it. I think if you are a teenage boy and you read Lord of the Flies, it is probably a very special moment for you. So out of, once again, all of the people that chose this, I don't know how it didn't end up on the list. But I do think that there is something about a book that you were made to read. You know, I think that there's a lot of people who probably might have loved Lord of the Flies more if they had just happened to cross it on the shelf of their library and decided to read it, but were colored by the fact that it was something that they were required to read in high school English. And so, I, I don't know, I think maybe it's just hard to think of something as a beloved book when it was something that you were made to read. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to bring it up on every episode, but I had to read Where the Red Fern Grows, and it is not on my favorite books list. So <laughs> well, there you go. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And, and it is great American reads. It's not, you know, great American required reading. But you do have To Kill a Mockingbird on here, you, which almost everybody was required to read. Um, you've got... Well, Huckleberry, Huckleberry Finn. Finn. I read Huckleberry Finn. Finn in high school. Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer's on the list, not Huckleberry Finn. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That's right. We keep forgetting. Yeah. Because I keep thinking it must be. It ought to be. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. My, my theory about Lord of the Flies is that there were already some boy survival type stories on there. Uh, good You've got point. Hatchet. Hatchet. Um, and maybe you make room for something else like Hunger Games or something with a female protagonist instead of Lord of the Flies. That's just a theory. I read it in high school. I'm, I've still got my copy from when I read it in high school, and I liked it back then. I, I can't remember the last time I actually read it. But I was surprised to see it not on the list, but I'm not, at the same time, I'm not upset by that at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do but I'm not that. horrified by the fact that Lord of the Flies is not on the on the list. I so mean, it's just you, Amy. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> I loved it. I loved Lord of the Flies, but like my sister loathes it with a passion. <laughs> She's but just I like, there's... I can't believe you like that book. What is even wrong with you? Well, and I think that it's one of the most memorable books that we read as a required reading. And maybe that's why it kind of leaves an impression with me. It's not the fact that it was the best book that I've ever read, but it left an impression. Mm-hmm. So does that leave more room to other things? The books that left the impressions as opposed to, are they very good? Like Flowers in the Attic. I think they leave an impression as opposed to, maybe they're not the greatest book ever. But they're a heck of a read. But they stick <laughs> with you. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I was surprised not to see any Judy Bloom books on there. Agreed. Absolutely. I loved reading Judy Bloom. I stole my borrowed, I mean, borrowed with permission my sister's books <laughs> all the time. Always asked first. Oh, I thought I thought those were the ones you owe the library money for. Possibly. Chip. No, the Canadian library, I probably still do. <laughs> no, we bought all the Judy Bloom books. We okay. borrowed other books. But uh yeah, those those books were so so seminal to so many teenagers. And, and still it, do. And like still, like yeah. Stacy said earlier, they've stood they, the test of time. Right. Mm-hmm. Teens now still check out Judy Bloom. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And again, some of those books have never been out of print. Mm -hmm. They they have been not just remaining on the shelves of libraries, but going off the shelves of bookstores. They're still in print. They are still making a difference. And so I agree. Judy Bloom not being on the list is is 
odd. I would knock off maybe a separate piece. I mean, it's a great book, yeah. But it's a teenage story, and if you're wanting to look to get a teenage story, I'd put in a Judy Bloom book, maybe in that spot, for example. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't read a separate piece in a while, so I'm. It's in my stack to maybe reread after I read the books that I haven't read at all. <laughs> right. Well, right. and you're right that there are there are other war books on the list. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see that. I could see taking off a separate piece to make room for Judy Bloom. Yeah. And, and admittedly, they a had separate, a tough, separate piece, though. You know, they had a, a tough job ahead of them. They did. Absolutely. You to know. narrow down to, of all the books written ever, right. <laughs> all the novels, right. to narrow it down to 100 is a very daunting task. That is a tough task. And a separate piece is a book that I was required to read, and I Same. still loved it. Mm-hmm. So I guess if in that's one way to look at it in terms of what makes a book really exceptional is one that can survive being a book that you were forced to read. A separate piece survives that. To Kill a Mockingbird survives that. Maybe some of the others don't survive that as much. Tom Sawyer, not like Finn, kind of survives that. Uh, Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no, I wasn't forced to read Tom Sawyer. I just read it. And I was required to read Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, okay. Were we all forced to read Moby Dick and hated it as much as I yes, did? Yes, everybody hated Moby Does Dick. Does everybody hate everybody. Moby Dick? I, I wasn't so. required to read it, but I hated it anyway. Oh, okay. Just, just okay, okay. great. <laughs> great. Uh, it, Moby Dick's the bane of my existence as far as, you know, those things I was forced to read. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder why it ended up on the list, because you don't see a lot of people saying... When you, when you ask people about their favorite books, and a lot of times you'll have people say, I can't pick a favorite book, but here's sure. my top ten. Mm-hmm. Moby Dick is in nobody's top ten. <laughs> Nobody is out there saying, you know, yeah. give me back my Melville. I want to read all about Ahab and the Whale. What, intrigued, what intrigued me about the special that kicked off this whole thing on, on air was that they did talk to several authors and several other celebrities and things like that about their favorite books on the list. But for, for Moby Dick, they didn't use an author. They used this this woman in the in the northeast states maine or massachusetts i can't remember and who's a sailor and works at a sailing museum i think and uh, she was passionate about her love for this book so i I was surprised if they were going to have somebody talk about it i figured it would be an author but she was pitching it hard she loves that book and i did not identify with one thing she was saying (laughs) but i I did enjoy the passion so it's a coastal thing maybe it is i mean well is that do you think people (laughs) on the coast are like why lonesome dove that's a good point right possibly sure grow up and you you know have at least in your museums you're seeing information about whaling and then maybe that makes more sense to you maybe that's a good point another book on here that was a required read and i guess stands the the test of time the great gatsby that's Mm -hmm. that was a required read probably for everybody in high school Mm -hmm. right definitely that one i think holds up for me. Oh, I yeah. reread it. And I have yes. reread it as an adult mm-hmm. and I still liked it. I still thought it was an amazing book. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. You know, they included And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie, which I love. I, nothing but love for Agatha Christie. But The Woman in White by Wilkie Collins is really considered the, uh, the forerunner of the detective novel. And it's mm. beautifully written. It is, it is a page turner and it's just a great book, and I, I, it's the it's not so much that it's not there as what is there in its place, and I think that's the way I feel about a lot of the books. Again, I liked it, and then there were none. It was a great book. I think I read all of Agatha Christie's books, and they were all fine, but 
The Woman in White is an exceptional book. But like you mentioned earlier, standing the test of time, and and Mm -hmm. certainly The Woman in White has, but to the extent that the Agatha Christie books have? Well, I don't it's, know. It's been adapted as a Broadway musical. I mean, it's yeah, still out there in popular Yeah, but how many Agatha Christie culture. movies are there? How many Agatha Christie television shows are there? But plays, The Woman in White has been adapted as well. As many it's, times? And, and as some fr- of it with Agatha Christie is just that she was so prolific. She yes, wrote novel true. after novel after mm-hmm. novel. So if you're looking at how many have been adapted, she had a much bigger um, library. But Wilkie Collins' books are... They're more literary. They have more developed characters, and they're way less predictable. So Stacy hates Agatha Christie. <laughs> Not fair. Not fair. I love Agatha Christie, but Wilkie Collins Just is not better. as much as Wilkie. She's a shallow writer, and, and her mysteries are all predictable. Oh, Formulaic. So, that's not fair. Chip. That's not fair. I'm teasing Stacy. I, I would have let. You know what? I'm changing my mind. I would have let go the catcher in the rye. Oh. To make wow. to make room. Oh, and I the crowd let, went crazy. Crowd went wild. Hormonal teenage boys who are listening to this are going to call for your head. Exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> we're going to have so many hormonal teenage that boys. That is a listening. bold right. statement. I, I would have let that go to make room for Judy Bloom. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I can't argue with that. I, I can't either. If I we're mean, talking about Judy Catch Bloom, absolutely. Is, yeah, I'm, I don't have great feelings about Catching the Rye right now. I don't need it. I don't need That's my point. Nobody and, does. Uh, I, I take I, it back. I, one of my friends has argued with me about this recently. Okay. And he, he is very vociferously in, in favor of it, not mm-hmm. only f- for what it did for him as a teenager, but as an adult, rereading mm-hmm. it as an adult and seeing the flip side of it. Not identifying so much with Holden as being sad for Holden. Is your friend on the FBI watch list? Just wondering. (laughs) (laughs) I have to admit, it never occurred to me to reread Catcher in the Rye Mm -hmm. as an adult. So it didn't make enough of an impression on me to want to say, oh, you know, I want to go back and read that now that I'm older, which some books have done. Right. And that was not one of them. Yeah. I feel the same way. I read it once and I'm over it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, truly, it is a teenage or middle 20s boy book or man book or young man book. But, you know, I was a big fan of Morrissey and I had a friend that was too. And he loved that book more than anything. But I think that if you listen to Morrissey, that's your that's your favorite book. It's got to be. You listen to Morrissey while you're reading Catcher in the Rye. Graphic novels. There's not a single graphic novel on this list, and it's a really important genre. I, Is there that one that you can narrow me. it down to, maybe? Well, Mouse, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it has to be Mouse. It's a Pulitzer Prize winner. How did it not make the list? It's just shocking to me and disappointing mm-hmm. because I do feel like there's a lot of us who love graphic novels. Based on the circulations at the library, there's a lot of us who love graphic novels. That's one of our most important and popular collections. How did no one mention that? How does, did that not come up? Let me start the debate of, does it fall under a novel? Because that's what they were looking for. Do you think it became a technicality? Oh, that's a good point. But there are graphic novels that are novelizations of novels that have mm-hmm. been accepted. There's a graphic novel of A Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. There's Absolutely. a graphic novel of The Hobbit. And then there are some really great graphic novels that are original, that didn't start out as anything else. They're just 
really great graphic novels. And one of the things that's really important that we know is that reading comics and graphic novels is good for you. It's good for your brain. It, it uses your brain in a different way than reading straight words on a page does. Absolutely. So I think eliminating that entire genre from this list makes the list less inclusive of everything that literature can be. I've seen novels mentioned as a specific qualification for this list, but I've also just seen works of fiction. And if it's the more broad works of fiction, then absolutely graphic novels should have been included in that. And I mean, I could sit here and list off. <laughs> right, right. And look so, at March. March, volumes one, two, and three. But not a work mm-hmm. of fiction. Oh my gosh, yeah. not a work of fiction. That's yeah. true. I would, but, uh, well, yeah, Fun Home wouldn't be either a work of fiction. But, yeah. Oh, it was so good. Uh, Persepolis, that would. Is, that's, no, it's a, it's a memoir. It's a memoir. It's a memoir. That's yeah. autobiographical. autobiographical. Yeah. Watchmen. Watchmen is a great example. Yeah, The Dark Knight Returns. Those Absolutely. Are the, the two seminal works of the 80s that, that really changed the mm-hmm. way that comic books went forward. And The Fountain. Are you familiar with The Fountain? Darren Aronofsky? Yes. Amazing. It's not only a beautiful work of art, but it's a brilliant story. Not even thought mm-hmm. about, I'm sure. It might have been. I don't know if if the panel, you know, the, they surveyed, I think, more than 3,000 people across the country to get this list Mm -hmm. and then they had a panel of 13 experts to break ties and to to make arguments for certain books that were left off the the survey um shanna peoples was on that panel from here uh and so I, i don't know maybe they they did bring it up and toss it out immediately Maybe they just never came up on the survey, but it it, yeah. it felt like a, an immediate omission to me when I saw the list. I'm like, oh well, there should be at least one graphic novel on there. I can't right. believe that there weren't comics and graphic novel lovers among those three thousand. Mm-hmm. Surely, but not. you Seems would like think there would that be. even yeah. among the thirteen, there would be somebody to make the argument that you just made, Cindy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when NPR put out their list, you know, they surveyed 7,000 people and came up with 100 graphic novels that people love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Surely somebody in that group liked one. What happened to it? Do you think graphic novels or comic books would have had a better showing on the list had this been a different country? Do you think it's because it's American read that people felt mm. compelled I mean, least... to not vote them? I I would actually totally disagree with that because I think comic books are one of the great American art forms. I would agree with that. Um, I mean, there were comic book type things elsewhere, but when they really broke out in America in 1938 with Superman and Action Mm -hmm. Comics number one, that was a monumental change in the publishing world, which spread to other countries. So so it's it's a quintessential American art form to me. And other countries have taken it and run with it and gone their own ways, like like Persepolis or like right. the Valerian books or Asterix or um, Marvel Man in in England. But no, it's it all comes back to it's a yeah. like jazz. It's right. one of the I was pure just, American art forms. Yes, that's what I was going to say too. C- completely American art form. I I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Besides graphic novels and comic books, is there a, another genre that maybe wasn't um, utilized as much as we hoped it would? Oh. I have to say, I was actually pretty happy that there's a fair amount of science fiction on here. You know, and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I love that book. I love that whole series. I think it's really funny. I wouldn't have expected it to, I wouldn't have expected to find it on this list. And so that was a pleasant surprise for me. 
that it was there. I think what made the the omission of graphic novels stand out to me so starkly was that all the other genres were pretty much represented. There's romance, there's sci-fi, there's fantasy, there's YA, there's mystery, there's thriller, there's great literary classics. Everything else seems to be there except for one or two graphic novels. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a really wide-ranging thorough list for the most part Mm -hmm. absolutely i think they did a great job we're we're kind of we're we seem like we're picking it apart yeah but it's a really good list but it's a great list i think that's very true because everybody's going to find one of their favorites on this list somewhere they may they may look at it and say i can't believe you left off x or y or z but they're not going to look at this and say there's not a single book on this list that i read and loved nobody's going to think that I do think one thing that surprised me about the list was the Alex Cross mysteries. And not because yeah. not because I have anything against James Patterson, but that's just a lot of a lot of mysteries. And, you know, like with Agatha Christie, they didn't say all the Ecu Praro books. They picked one. Agatha Christie book. Um, they The Harry Potter books, yes, there's seven of them, but they're a complete set and it's finished. Hunger Games, same thing. The Narnia books, the same thing. Right. The Alex Cross mysteries, I don't know, how many of them? There's like 23 of them there's or something? There's a lot. There's a lot of those. And, and probably still more to come. Yeah. If we're honest. Mm-hmm. James and his cadre of ghost writers, I'm sure, are working on one right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was a surprising choice. Now, one book that was on the list that I would have argued against had I been among the 3,000, I do not love The Sun Also Rises. I have never loved The Sun Also Rises, and I made myself finish it, Mm -hmm. but I could not make myself care about the characters at all. I spent the whole time I was reading it going, I don't care. I don't care what happens to them. If they all die, it'll be fine. (laughs) If the book is over sooner. And I loved The Old Man and the Sea. And Chip disagree with me. Apparently, I don't like seagoing fair. Maybe that's the problem. I'm a land lover through and through. (laughs) The Old Man and the Sea is the first thing by Hemingway I ever read. It made me want to go out and read everything else that Hemingway had ever written and I went to my second book was The Sun Also Rises which made me think I never want to read anything (laughs) that Hemingway ever wrote ever again so that's Again, I, I wasn't. Yeah, I was not among the three thousand, yeah. so my my opinion didn't go in there. But I was not a Sun Also Rises fan. I was required to read Old Man in the Sea in high school. Hated every second of it. Couldn't right. wait for that old man to die. Aww. Oh my gosh, I just did not appeal to me. Uh, but and then I read Sun Also Rises in college and also hated it. So I figured, okay, Hemingway's okay, not. So, he's so not you have just a flat out hate relationship no, with Hemingway, not love yeah. hate. Yeah, I just know. I just don't, like don't care him. for. I mean, I, I guess I appreciate sort of the idea of it and i know that it appeals to some to, to some people that whose opinions I, I respect but no it doesn't it doesn't appeal to me at, at all i don't i don't have that connection to him whatsoever hmm. you were talking about books standing the test of time right how do you feel about the newer books that made the list i think harry potter is certainly going to stand the test of time oh yeah oh, it's yeah. too ingrained not to mm-hmm. i think point. the first one i thought of was gone girl 
How do we feel mm. about Gone Girl? That's because personally, point. I love it. I loved it. It was one of those reads where it kind of starts slow, but you get to the middle point and the whole book changes. And I loved it. I love the film adaptation as well. And I hope that it stands the test of time. Will it? I guess we'll find out. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it really did kind of lead to a whole new genre as far as the unreliable narrator. You know, it really set that in motion. And we're seeing a lot of those books right now. But is it a flash in the pan? Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, is it a flash in the pan or is it going to last? I don't know that they were specifically seeking books that would stand the test of time with this. It seems kind of more like a uh, what's the pulse now, because certainly if they'd done this this 50 years ago, some other books would have made the list. Oh, that's true. That wouldn't today, if they do it. That haven't stood the test of time. If whoever's around in 100 years crawls out of the rubble and (laughs) and says, hey, let's let's put together a, a, a list of books that we liked when we had books and had nice right. things in our lives. Maybe they would put something totally different. Surely they would. I would hope they yeah. would. Do you think that there is a book, if it was left off the list, do you think it would have made you think, oh, that's not a reliable list? Is there one single book that you could think of that you'd be very angry if it wasn't on the list? Hmm. I, d- I don't know. You know, I've mentioned some of the books that I was surprised not to find on the list or I can talk about. I would have left this off, but I don't know if there's one book that maybe To Kill a Mockingbird. Maybe if To Kill a Mockingbird had not been on the list, that would have really made me question the the validity, the list in its entirety, because To Kill a Mockingbird, it it just it hits all the buttons. You know, it is. a very literary book. It's well-written. It asks important questions. It documents a part of our history in an important way. It has beautiful characters. It's so quotable. There's there's just so much about that book. I think, I think if there's one, that would be it. I don't know that there's any other book that would have made me think, I'm going to just dismiss this whole list. Maybe Harry Potter. What she That's said. Good, yeah, good answer. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, I, I can't think of any mm-hmm. better statement than that. That's that nails it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were there any books on the list that you were surprised to see? Uh, I was happily thrilled to see Tales of the City by Armistead Maupin. I would never have expected it to make a list like this because I don't know why, but it's about life in the 70s in San Francisco. There's all sorts of gay characters and people of color and folks that you don't necessarily expect to see on a list like this. Uh, And it means so much to me. It was probably the most formative book I've read as an adult, period, that when I saw it on there, it just it just gave me such giddy giddiness. It was it was cra- I, I was so much more happy to see it on that list than I ever would have expected to have been. I was happy to see that they um, had really included a lot of authors of color. I was really happy to see their eyes were watching God. I love that book, so I was really happy to see that there. I was glad to see James Baldwin on the list. He's an author I've been discovering as an adult and truly madly deeply love him i was pleased to see him on the list and also bless me ultima that's such a great i wasn't book. surprised to see them on the list but i was happy it's easy for a list like this to become a lot of white men mm-hmm. truth um unfortunately i'm gonna pick a white man <laughs> <laughs> 
Ready, That's okay. Ready Player One. I, I was really surprised to see that on the list. I was surprised by that one too. And and yeah. I thought that was great. I mean, like you, sci-fi. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure that they were going to hit that. You know, because you either love it or hate it. In a lot of cases. It's very full of pop culture references and love in the 80s. And so that one caught me off guard. I was surprised and pleased by that one. Absolutely. I already said mine, but Gone Girl really surprised me. Mm -hmm. I I felt like I didn't know if people noticed that book. And so when they did, I was like, oh, because I liked that one, too. So we share in that bond. Yeah, I, I liked Gone Girl, but I also look at it as... Will I ever want to reread Gone Girl? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I will. There's a lot of books on this list that I have read multiple times or that I want to read again. And I don't I don't know if I feel that way about Gone Girl. I might reread it one time to see if it holds up, mm-hmm. knowing the twist going into it. Yeah, and that's right. true. But And that's the thing with mysteries, because a lot of times you don't want to reread them because mm-hmm. you do know the ending. So... Is that the case? I have reread it. Mm-hmm. So, and and was it just as good the second time? I loved it. <laughs> I, I did. Mm-hmm. And I think because you do know the ending, you look at it with fresh eyes and you see how well written it is. Stacy, do you know how many books on the list you've read? 50. Ooh. I had read half of them. Well so, done. Cindy? I I think I only hit 37. That's where I am as yeah. of Friday. <laughs> yeah. I got some work to do. Yeah. I should finish another one tomorrow. So <laughs> 38. <Very> 38. <laughs> yeah, Hatchet. Reads fast. I'm reading, well, I'm reading yeah. Hatchet. It's not exactly <laughs> slow. <Yeah. laughs> I'm reading The Handmaid's Tell right now. Oh, it's so good. I will say I am really glad that The Handmaid's Tale is on this list. I agree. I I think it's a really important book and I think it's a really moving book. The experience of reading it is very compelling, especially for women, but but I think not only for women. So I was really pleased to see The Handmaid's Tale on this list. Mm -hmm. I agree. I love it. And I think it's important in this social climate that we're in right now. I think it's an important book. I know that the television show drummed up a lot more interest in it. On you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay mm-hmm. with when they turn something into a movie, a Broadway play, whatever, mm-hmm. and it makes people want to come get the book. Absolutely. That thrills me. That's mm-hmm. the Whatever best it thing. takes to get you into the library and, and picking up some things to read, I'm for. Because people like me, I, I love movies. Sure. And I didn't know that Ready Player One was actually a book there you go so then when i hear that i'm like well i'd rather read the book than go watch the movie right or do both you know i'm the person that wants to read the book first and then go to the movie although i will say you know there's some movies i maybe would have never read the book if i hadn't seen the movie so it's not always a bad thing it's not always a bad thing to see the movie first you know jurassic park was that one for me and i was surprised that that was on the list too because jurassic park the book is very very good and i feel like it's very different than the movie Mm -hmm. i agree I have a whole thing about Jurassic Park that I won't make y'all listen to, but um, <laughs> about about the way Hollywood treat. Well, um, but yes, I agree that movies can make someone say, I'm going to go read that book. So that is one of the best things. I will say about The Handmaid's Tale that I watched the television series and it's really brutal. And then I read somewhere that the creators were thinking that the series could go on for like 10 seasons. And I thought, don't put me through that. (laughs) Please don't put me through that. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can stay with you that long. 
It is brutal. It mm-hmm. is brutal. Yeah. I've, I haven't watched the second season yet or started the second season yet. I haven't either. The, the first season was really hard. And Margaret Atwood is is you know really involved with mm-hmm. it which mm-hmm. pleases me yes. because it makes me feel like the story's going in the right direction beyond what she wrote you know under her guiding hand so that's that's exciting mm-hmm. i think i'm always under pleased his eye? you know yes oh. <laughs> so creepy so creepy my to be red pile really has grown from this if nothing else which is awesome i mean there's so many books on this list that I haven't read, and now I'm questioning my whole literary life. <laughs> How have I not read that? What? How did I miss that? You know, so I think that's great. All the conversation it has started, and people are coming into the library and saying, oh, I need everything on this list. And how exciting is that? Oh, I'm lo- I love hearing that. Yeah, I'm it's so great. happy to hear that. I I did that when I got the list. I went through and, and found the books that I wanted to go and read and borrowed some, bought mm-hmm. some. I'm happy to hear that people then aren't invested so, in it like we are. Oh, they are, for sure. So what books are on this list that you haven't read and you're just going to leave it that way? Oh. You're okay with that. Moby Dick. Uh. Moby. <laughs> yeah, Moby Dick is certainly one of those. My aunt really highly recommended that I read Clan of the Cave Bear, and I can't think of anything that I would want to do less. I haven't ever really wanted to read that one either. No, I haven't either. I love my aunt. She's she's crazy. <laughs> and that's usually a good thing. But in that, yeah. in that instance, that's one I just... Well, and that's do it. one that I might have taken on, except that I know that there's a lot of books that go beyond that mm-hmm. and i don't want to dip my toe in an, in that in a series that goes on that long especially the books are massive right game of thrones for me i i know people are going to throw arrows at me for that but unless he's going to write that last book i am not getting started that much of my life into yeah. those books two more not books. gonna do it so he's oh, he's two, promised right. us two more books no, yeah. i'm not doing it i'm not doing it It's just too much. And, you know, I've got other things I have to do with my life. Well, I already decided that when the sixth book comes out, I'm just going to buy it and save it and not read it until the seventh book comes out because I've already made the adjustment to not being able to read the rest of the story. And if I read the sixth book, then I'm just going to have to go through that again, (laughs) waiting for the seventh book. Don't put yourself and, through that, Stacey. Right, Don't that's put what I'm saying. I'm that. just going to buy the book and put it on the shelf and hold it until book seven comes out. Brilliant. Because, good but, call. but you should do that, too, because you would love Game of Thrones. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> I love those books. Um, the Left Behind series. Yeah. I can safely say that I yeah. will not read Never that. Never going to read it. Right. I can go my whole life. Mm-hmm. It'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fifty Shades, Twilight. Uh, oh yeah, I haven't yeah. read Twilight. Never gonna. I picked up. I picked up the Twilight's first Twilight. Twilight's not on the list, is it? Oh, it yes. is. It, it is. is the saga. Oh my gosh, the that's Twilight so disturbing. saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I picked up the first one in, at Hastings and read about a page and a half and said, "No, there's just not, no not way." Okay, I'm going yeah. to amend my earlier uh, my earlier <laughs> comment then and say. Um, I would kick off Twilight for Judy Bloom. <laughs> Absolutely. I would, and mm-hmm. and Twilight, she's a terrible fem, female protagonist. She's not. She's not kind. She's not. She's just not somebody that you want your you would want your daughter to emulate no, in any way. Not in any way. So yeah, that's that's. I would kick off Twilight for any number of books, and. <laughs> Anything by Judy Bloom. Absolutely. People might, again, throw tomatoes at me. The Shack. Yeah. Again, I only read it because so many people at the library were asking for it. 
I did not enjoy that book in any way. That is certainly one that I would not pick up. It shocked me to see it on the list. Mm -hmm. Is the notebook on the list? It is. is. And I have not read the notebook, to be fair. But I read one book by Nicholas Sparks. Sparks. Thank you. I was blanking out. Um, That's probably a psychological thing. (laughs) I I read one book by Nicholas Sparks and just said, I don't ever need to read another book by Nicholas Sparks. And you're correct. Mm -hmm. You don't. You know, but all the you covers are the read? same. All the movies are the same. Two white people almost kissing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I can rant yeah. about Nicholas Sparks. Mm-hmm. But would you rather read another Nicholas Sparks book than a Dolores E.J. James Fifty Shades book? I'll take Fifty Shades. Oh, okay. I would take Fifty Shades over Nicholas Sparks. I'm not even kidding. Wow. Hmm. I think I would go with Nicholas Sparks, even I, though I've never read any. I haven't. I just read. can't take him. I haven't read Fifty Shades, but um, gosh, I don't know. I The great thing is I do not have to make that choice because <laughs> yeah, the world and the library are full of books and there are lots of things I can read. You know, at least with Fifty Shades of Grey, it gives me comic material. You know, True. I can riff on it forever with mm-hmm. my friends. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, right, with really? Nicholas Sparks, there's the white people almost kissing joke, and then you're done. And then you're done. There's yeah. nothing left there. <laughs> you know, when my daughter's friends were all reading that, and they came to have, you know, beers at my house, I went, ladies, if he was living in a trailer park, would you still think he was all that? <laughs> right. Oh. Then it'd be straight up abuse, wouldn't it? That's I was like, so true. That is no. so there true. There you go. You, you only mean like about it because he's a billionaire. Yeah. yeah. It'd be an episode of Criminal Minds if he lived in a trailer park. Precisely. There's there a contract involved. Right? I'm telling you, I've got a friend on Facebook who, who will go toe-to-toe with me. They're her favorite books. She reads them every year. They changed her relationship with her husband. I was like, stop there. <laughs> I don't need to know anything else. Please. But now I do send her from Publishers Weekly. Mm-hmm erotica reviews so she can read some Some good good erotica yeah because that is not good erotica yeah there's good erotica out there and so you know it's expanded her horizons as far as that's good you know how to make her life better if they were going to put erotica on the list i mean because they kind of did they they, they did absolutely was there a good erotica they could have put on there that you can think of oh yeah (laughs) well get some sister soldier up there she's on the dh yeah she's on there that's oh did i miss that yeah, uh, it's coldest not. winter, right? Yes, yeah, yes. coldest winter ever. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Oh, I just remember that. Lawrence. Oh, D. H. Lawrence. Lawrence, perfect. Yeah. Which I actually heard somebody say once: the best thing that could ever happen is if somebody read Fifty Shades of Grey and it led them to D. H. Lawrence. And and I do think sometimes books that are not as fabulous as other books can be a gateway into better literature, and so that's what you always hope. Good point. Like you, like you were talking about Hemingway, where well, you were like, if you, for me, but if you, but if you would have started, but if you would have started with the first one, or if you would have started, if I started with, with the Sun Also Rises, you never would have read anything have else. Have read the Old Man in the Sea, and you yeah, wouldn't have right. missed a thing. I love the Old Man in the Sea trip. It's a fish. Do not <laughs> let it go. Oh my gosh, I love that book so much. I'm not kidding. When I read the Old Man in the Sea for the first time, my hand cramped. Oh. Remember how his hand cramps when he's uh, and my hand was cramping while I was my reading head it. was cramping. Was does that count? <laughs> that was a slap. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. I'm sorry you didn't love the old man Did in the not, sea. It no. makes me sad for you. 
reading Lonesome Dove, the parts that didn't appeal to me as much, although I did like it overall mm-hmm. throughout, but it was the man versus nature stuff that wasn't as appealing to okay. me. But the, the personal conflicts, when Blue Duck mm-hmm. came in, mm-hmm. I was all in. Okay. When the personal conflicts came in. So but you just don't just care for that. Survivalist stuff doesn't mm-hmm. really throw me. What are the three that you really want to win and the three that you think are probably going to be in the top three? Well, my top three would be um, To Kill a Mockingbird, Harry Potter, and The Pillars of the Earth. I was really happy to see The Pillars of the Earth on this list. I love that book so much. I love the book that came after it. Um, I didn't like the third book in the trilogy as much, I'm just going to say. But The Pillars of the Earth is a beautiful book. And it also has a really great story in terms of how it became popular. You know, Ken Follett decided he wanted to write this book about building a cathedral. And his publishers were basically, okay, well, you've made a lot of money for us, so we can't tell you no, folks. So please go ahead, write your book, but go back to writing thrillers as soon as you're done, because that's what makes us money. And the Pillars of the Earth came out, and the sales were sort of lukewarm. But as time went on, people gave it to their friends they said read this book you're going to love this book that's how i got it because a friend of mine said to me you have to read this book and it became his most popular book of all the books he's ever written so that's that's a book that i really love and i was happy to see on the list cindy what you got oh my that's a tough tough question um i'm gonna go with the book thief I love that book. Mm. I've read it multiple times. I get something from it every time. And, you know, people go, oh, but that's YA. Well, then clearly you haven't read it because it's brilliant. And I so didn't feel like it was YA at all when I read it. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's it's terrific. Mm-hmm. That, that'd be my top pick. Okay, and what other two? Oh, golly, two others. <laughs> There's so many choices. It's so hard um, because I, I love horror i'm gonna go with frankenstein again it's a classic Mm -hmm. great feminist author Uh, it hits all the marks for me i do love that book and number three i'm gonna say the alchemist again that's something i've read more than once i get something from it every time it's going to and has stood the test of time i just think it's brilliant too so my top three brilliant picks i love them Mm -hmm. Good mm-hmm. picks. Thanks. They're all good picks. And Chip, we've heard yours before, but tell everybody for this podcast. I don't remember what I said before. <laughs> <laughs> it changes every time you look at it the list. It probably won't change that much. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird, certainly. Um, just in many ways helped me form a lot of philosophy and how you treat people and i just i love that book more than almost anything on this list uh tales of the city like i said i've read those there's nine books now in the series and i I can't even tell you how many times i've read especially the first three because i would read all of them when i got a new one (laughs) nice (laughs) and for probably a 10-year stretch i reread the first six every summer without fail oh gosh but the third one I mean besides Flowers in the Attic there's one (laughs) (laughs) well played well played (laughs) thank you so much for being here oh thank you I'm sure we'll have you on again and we'll we'll talk more books more heated discussions coming soon fantastic Jack 
Me Out is recorded in the FM90 studios on the Washington Street campus of Amarillo College. Special thanks to Scotty Vanderford, Colin Lutz, and Stevie Brashears who designed our really cool logo. Also a huge thanks to The Mag 7 for providing all of our music. And don't forget to vote for your favorite book at panhandlepbs.org forward slash Great American Read.